Okay, Dustin. What was that, man? Nothing. Nothing. You couch potato, you. <laughs> yeah. This is my new my new setup. Why do they call it couch potato? Do we know? Do you know? I I don't know. I assume because potatoes are like lumpy and yeah, potatoes do nothing. They do every, they do everything for me. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's like you you're gonna be eating a bag of chips, so you're a couch mm. potato chip. Martin, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have to I have to know now though, because we can't just say we can't pose a question and have no no answer. Not if we want to leave it in the show. We don't. <laughs> Are you googling it? I am. All right. I think we gotta do better than uh, than uh, PP not being blood. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're we're going to get so many of those like fact check strikes. Oh sure, sure. But you know, um, it hasn't stopped okay. any, hasn't stopped anybody else from putting out podcasts, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what it says. Um although you can use the expression couch potato to simply mean idler or layabout, it usually refers to specifically someone who watches a whole lot of TV. It was first used by a 1970s comics artist who drew lazy, sedentary characters he called couch potatoes. Oh. From there, the phrase became an extremely popular way to talk about someone who spent too much time in front of the TV that he seems more like a vegetable than a human being. Oh, okay. So there you go. So it, it literally just became because it, it just did. So, yeah. It just somebody sounded just, good. just made it up. And then everyone was like, cool, that's now the thing. And then somebody came along later and said, oh, it's also a vegetable. And like a vegetable is like a, you know, a person right. who's just kind of like. Oh. And then and then that first guy went, oh, crap. I don't uh, get any money when people say this. Right. I should have copyrighted this. Yep. Yep. Well, that's how it always goes. What a couch you, potato. <laughs> what a couch potato. What an intellectual couch potato. <laughs> and a financial couch potato. Yes. I love potatoes. I do too. It's not just because it's not an Irish thing. It's just, I, they're good and they they're are. versatile. I mean, I mean they, they go with everything. They really do. I get I, it. I, I literally have potatoes with almost every meal, it feels like. Re oh, okay. <laughs> It feels it feels that way. I don't I don't actually, but it feels that way. I had some potato salad uh yesterday. Okay. And that's good. I had potato chips for lunch. Yes. That was nice. That wasn't my full lunch. I made it sound like that's all I ate for lunch. <laughs> I didn't just eat potato chips for lunch. But um, that that was a part of what I ate for lunch. We uh so I made uh I made a Boston butt yesterday for the mm. first time. Okay. Um you know, I bought like a a sixteen pound l l butt <laughs> yeah, from yeah, yeah. from Costco uh, for like forty bucks, and I I had to basically cut like a third of it to put it in a crock pot. Mm. Um, and then I was just like, I had never used a crock pot before, and it was it was sure. so weird how simple it is. It's like, yep, yeah. There's no like measuring. Like the only thing you do is like measure the amount of water. But it's yeah. like, look, just season it, put a quarter cup of water in there with it. It doesn't really matter how big the piece is as long as it fits in the crock pot and then just hit the eight hour button. Yeah. There's no like degrees. It's right. And then, hey, do you need to go somewhere? Yeah, go somewhere. Your house yeah. isn't going to burn down. Right. It's amazing. Yes. I guess I'm saying I love the crock pot and it's great. And, and we if, use ours 
so often. Yeah. It's uh, kind of a bitch to clean. Well, we've got the removable like insert and that goes in the dishwasher. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude. I just have like the heavy iron or whatever that thing is oh, like gotcha. that yeah, yeah. 10 pound, like, you know, yep. skeleton it has. Yep. So you're trying to wash it and you, you nobody's hands are that strong. You're, you're trying to hold the thing with just your thumb. And then you're right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Yep. Uh, it's worth it though. Anyway, we had Boston butt and I dumped yep. like a whole thing of like barbecue sauce in there after I pulled it apart. Yeah. And uh, we had pulled pork sandwiches and uh, I don't like coleslaw, but I put coleslaw on the top of it. Mm-hmm. to make it like cool and then everyone yep. was like connor it was a great idea and i was like oh my god wow. you're right kids it was i'm a chef yeah and uh and so there's like a, a shitload of it in my fridge now and uh and we have potato salad with that and uh Sweet. i guess i'm just adding to my 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 meat my meat smoking journey right uh, sure adding pulled pork pulled pork is is delicious i mean it is delicious it's just nice and soft and i just we bought some sweet buns there you go. Sweet buns and with for the butt sandwich. <laughs> and yep. uh, you gotta you gotta use that sweet baby rays on that pulled pork. Okay, so I usually do sweet sweet baby rays, but mm. someone gave my wife like a this this like bottle of it's some kind of either whiskey aged or whiskey flavored mm. or just has the word whiskey on it. So people like me will buy it, but it was some sure. kind of other different whiskey barbecue sauce. So I used that. Mm. on it but sweet baby rays is what i so, so the same day i cooked pork shoulder in the oven i did sweet sweet baby rays on those sweet yeah baby rays yeah. sweet baby rays <laughs> it's great so there's a lot of meat in my fridge right now and a bunch sweet of baby it rays, if you want to sponsor this show please do man that I would think, be great i think at this point we should we should really reach out to sweet baby rays uh mccormick uh seasoning yep yep. and um probably costco in general we we could we could give you a really good sweet baby rays commercial yeah we we can add read the heck out of that it'll just be yeah 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 exactly no it's be be, be kind of weird that like none of our sponsors would be related to movies or or like or streaming or like you know the the home viewing experience like it wouldn't be like brought to you by Dolby Atmo you know like it, right but but it is like look here's these two guys one's in Georgia one's in Alabama yeah we're gonna talk about barbecue sauce <laughs> exactly. it just makes sense yeah our our three of our guests live in Texas um <laughs> yeah right exactly it's just that's just how it's gonna be yeah so yeah. you know on other podcasts sure you can talk about your Dolbys and your your whatever else is and over here you're gonna get sweet baby ray sweet baby ray sweet baby ray well, i'll be sweet well, baby son of a gun <laughs> you done poured that over the pork shoulder right there and you know what and that that's a, a perfect opportunity for us to uh to reapproach evan's barbecue Come on down there, Mark. That, that's a different. That's a different flavor. That's true. It's just- no, it, here, here's the thing. It, they're never going to hear this, but Evans Barbecue. I, I I know the owners now, and oh, you do? and and the the <laughs> come on down there and barbecue is could not be further from the truth. So so I don't even want to do that anymore because it is not at all. Oh, you're hesitant to. I'm, I'm hesitant because it's it, it's like that's built on this like foundation that a barbecue. Uh, expert, you know, like who who owns a, a restaurant that's like this little, 
you know, local staple mm-hmm. is just this guy in a, in a huge like 10 gallon hat <laughs> yeah. and has like a, you know, a white suit on and a bolo tie. And he's like, hey, everybody, I got some barbecue over here. <laughs> and, and that's not at all what what it is. These are just like normal people. And they're like, hey, we make barbecue. How's yeah. it going? Hi. It's really it's really delicious. You sound like Ira Glass. Like, hi, welcome to Evan's Barbecue. <laughs> when I first bought Evan's Barbecue, we thought, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make barbecue work? And then we just made it. And we just made it like that. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, it was tasty. I hope everyone's nice and hungry and maybe even eating. Yes. Um, I had stuff. We we both been watching stuff. Normally we try to like kind of compare notes and go, okay, what do we see? If we, what have we both seen? Do these relate yeah. to each other? Do they share a theme? You know, we try to, we too try to produce the show right to an extent. So uh, we're not going to do that tonight. No. Um, but, but, um, but there's a fair amount of stuff that we've both seen that uh, we haven't really talked about. I see you saw DC league of super pets. I did. So I watched a little bit of this as well because we now have HBO Max again. Yeah. yeah. And so I was going and through the, the thing. Yeah. I was going through the thing on the weekend. I was like, oh, for God's sake, like it's it's hard to find whatever you activate a new service, especially if you're kind of like struggling on other services for, for family content. Not that HBO Max is the place for family content, but, but they have stuff that I must not yeah. have seen. Um, and of course, among the newer things they have is this. And so, of course, you know, my kids are like, oh, watch that. And I was like, cool, y'all watch that. I'll just like do housework. Yep. So I caught some of it, but yeah. I, I certainly didn't watch it. But I'm curious. I saw I saw your star rating and mm-hmm. um, I know that you don't really want to. Oh, crap. I didn't mean to say this. You don't want to dog on it, oh. but I have seen it. And I'm curious to know your thoughts. I must, I must say. Yeah. So anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time knows I'm a DC guy. Um, so of course, when this was announced, it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I, I love crypto. I, I'll watch this. I was under the impression when this first was announced that this was a crypto movie. And then at some point, I think it became the League of Super Pets. Crypto the Super Dog, not Cryptocurrency. Correct. Crypto, the super People dog. are getting in trouble for recommending that. We need to be clear. We're not. Crypto with a K. It became League <laughs> of Super Pets, which I, I gave it two stars. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to go all in on like hating this movie or whatever. But the, the truth is the movie's subpar um, and it needed a lot of help. Um, I'm I mean, I think like. Two decades ago, we were all done with the whole, um, if animals could talk, what would they talk about? Oh, no, sniffing each other's butts and, and pooping and stuff. Like, that's all we know about dogs. Right. And um, <laughs> We know so much. <laughs> we know so much about dogs. But for some reason, every comedy writer is like, but they poop. Yeah. That's what they do. They're going to they sniff poop. each other. They're going to talk about, and at some point, they'll get sentimental and talk about, like, love. Yeah, you know, loyalty. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And we have to hire and, Kevin Hart. 
<laughs> right. So, so I, but, but that's the level of humor here and, and it's yeah. not pulled off well when it like, so, so the movie's got like a star studded cast, so to speak. Um, it's, it's <laughs> so to speak, so to speak. Um, so the, the main crew is, um, is freaking, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, um, so Dwayne Johnson plays Crypto the Superdog. Kevin Hart plays uh, Ace, and um, and and then you have like Vanessa Bayer who plays a pig, and uh, Diego Luna who plays a squirrel, and uh, Kate McKinnon who plays a guinea pig, and there's a turtle. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> and. Um, and it's and then like the superheroes themselves, like uh, Superman is played by John Krasinski and Keanu Reeves plays Batman. And, you know, it's it's got names. Um, none of them are particularly good or well cast at this. Like Dwayne Johnson is always charismatic, but sure here you just have his voice. And honestly, I don't know that that voice really fits crypto. Like in my mind, I don't know. It's weird, but I don't know. Also in my mind, crypto shouldn't talk. He should just be a dog, but whatever. <laughs> um, I, I, anyway, whatever there. I Okay. Yeah. The, the point is the actors, even though some of them have comedic chops, aren't exactly given anything to work with here comedically. Um, it, it just not doing them any favors. Um, the story itself is really trite and like everything you'd expect it to be. It's the, the main plot here is that crypto feels left out because Superman and Lois Lane are becoming serious. And Superman is thinking of proposing to Lois and crypto takes this to mean I'm in the doghouse. You know, it's like, I, I don't matter anymore. He has Lois. Um, right. <laughs> It's it's every plot of every dog movie ever yeah. or like Toy Story. It's new thing comes along and I feel, you yeah, know, threatened. like cast aside. Yeah. yeah. And and um, and then come to find out in the end, it's like, no, buddy, I love you. Yeah. You know. And, oh, great. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just so formulaic and exactly what you'd expect it to be. It doesn't do anything that's smart or novel or fun or funny. And um, the animation, like I, my my one sentence review on Letterboxd was something to the effect of like, I can confidently say the Justice League has never looked uglier. And that's because the character design in this film is awful it is terrible and like i i hate to again come down on this movie too hard but the truth is like when you can't look at batman because he's so ugly and and <laughs> and like mal shapen yeah yeah it does it it's just it's just a missed opportunity um you know these characters are all like blobs they have mm -hmm. no true human anatomy whatsoever and uh i don't know the whole thing's just messed up but but the 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 bottom line is it's not funny it's not charming it doesn't tell an original or engaging story at all and i don't understand why it exists um it feels like a commercial for toys that I guess don't exist because I've never seen them. 
<laughs> just and, like in like walking around Target. Yeah, like I've never seen like, oh, here's the aisle with all the crypto toys. Yeah. And it's just never been a thing. So I yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I don't I don't have anything to say other than it, this is a weird thing and it will be forgotten. I just I don't understand why it exists and it does nothing to justify its existence. Yeah, I, I for everything that I saw was just very boilerplate, like just really yeah. like, oh yep, and here's the here's the silly physical comedy and the yeah. dog puns and and you know d- dog misunderstandings of human yeah. actions and then you know all yeah. that other stuff. It's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna keep yeah. vacuuming, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It, it's it yeah, it's it's totally that and I don't know. It's just it's just a weird misstep. Like I don't know why they greenlit this. Well, I know why they greenlit this because because uh the, the secret life of pets was a thing. Yeah. And then DC was like, "Oh, we have pets. Yeah. We could yeah. do this." Um but instead of making something that's like serious like like I I put myself in the shoes of an 8-year-old and be like, "Okay, if I'm 8 mm-hmm. and I'm watching this, am I going to go home and go, "Whoa, crypto, like I want all the toys and I want to you know like I love this and I'm going to go pretend like I'm I'm him or whatever." Mm-hmm. And no, I I wouldn't this just feels like content. It doesn't feel yeah. like that to me. I feel like I feel like a what I would have rather had out of something like this would be like barely a cameo by any of the actual Justice League. Yeah. Like room for the pets to do more. Like, you know, like actually affect the plot instead of like work to free the Justice League so that yeah. they can affect the plot. You know? Yeah. Well, it's weird because the Justice League, they get kid like they get kidnapped or whatever mm-hmm. and like you know uh, uh uh captured but the i don't know whatever spoiler alert who cares um it's the 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 villain that beats them is a guinea pig right and i'm like i just have a hard time <laughs> buying that premise in general yeah. even in a kids comedy that like superman and batman got taken down by a guinea pig. It just feels weird to me. It feels like it ought to be like, like a, like a, like Gorilla Grodd, like, like an actual, an an obvious choice, an actual animal who is actual, an actual, like, even if it wasn't Gorilla Grodd, like just some sort of fairly formidable animal, like a bear. There's, um, (laughs) I think his name is Titano, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. There's like this, uh, uh, monkey in superman comics back in like the 70s that became this giant gorilla like king kong type thing and it was just you know monster of the week type stuff but like do that Mm. you know like do gorilla grad do that uh there's there's a ton of gorillas in in dc comics there's always a ton of obscure villains in comics that really don't work in most stories except for things like this you know Right. That's a perfect opportunity to go, Hey, we, we used a part, we used, we used somebody, you know, someone you didn't see coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity to like pull out all the stops and use every, uh, like animalistic character, like killer croc Mm -hmm. or man bat or, you know, whatever, like you could do anything. And obviously those aren't pets, but they're animals and, you know, 
make this like like I agree with you almost do like Tom and Jerry where you never see above like the waist right, of, exactly. the, of the Justice League. Yes. Like, yeah, put it on the the animals level. Yeah. And and the Justice League, they don't really factor in. Now, you do have to like from a writer's perspective, you would have to justify the fact that like, oh, there's a giant thing destroying Metropolis mm-hmm. and the, the pets are after it. Well, why not Superman? Yeah. Right. Like, why didn't Superman help? Because um, he's dead. <laughs> you'd have to justify it somehow. But it's weird that they're like, I oh, got captured by a guinea yeah. pig. And I'm like, or, this is the same guy that went toe to toe with Doomsday and Darkseid. He's not on the planet. He's somewhere in the universe, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Or what or I would probably have done. Maybe he's like, drunk. Maybe he's, you know, <laughs> drunk. Yeah, drunk. He's Superman. unfit. <laughs> um, it's like from Superman three when Christopher Reeve is in that bar and he's like flicking peanuts and like <laughs> blowing them through the wall or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Um, uh, like what I would do off the top of my head right now, if somebody was like, okay, get rid of the justice league. I'm like, okay, they get zapped into another dimension. They're just, mm-hmm. dis- they're disappearing. Yeah. You know there what you I mean? Like they're, we don't know where they are. They'll yeah. come back at the end, whatever, yeah. but they're just gone. Yeah. Right. Boom. Phantom zone. Boom. Done. The phantom zone. Yeah. They went into the multiverse. I don't care. Just send them somewhere. Somewhere. They're, a- they're away. Yeah. And it's some mysterious thing. All the heroes have vanished and the only ones left are the pets. pets. Okay, great. Yeah. But also oh, well. don't do the DreamWorks pets. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, man, we're all pithy and man, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I accept and then don't accept just depending on what the property is. Like, I don't like when a new movie is, is clearly like people have been scrolling through memes to figure out how people talk now yeah. And we're going to write characters that talk like that. But yeah. then like, I like it when other movies do it. Like I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate uh, when other like, and maybe the, just, just cause there's an art to it. Maybe just it's, yeah. it's a lazier when people who make kids movies try to do it or yeah, people who are trying to rush out a product to do it. It's like, it's almost like, like when, when movies like this do it, it's like watching your parents try to like talk like millennials yeah, sure. You know, yeah. or like the Beatles we were talking about, uh, you yeah. know, a while back with with oh, I'm I'm dead, I'm 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 dead AF or whatever. Like right, uh, right. Yeah. You know, whereas if you write it correctly, it just sounds like oh, that's the way people talk. Like yeah. actually, nothing makes me like I, okay, excited. It's a little bit of a strong word, but like I like watching movies where people talk, and I know what they're saying, <clears throat> but I'm not positive of their idioms. It's yeah. like when you watch a british film and they say something you're like i've never heard that phrase before but based on the context clues i'm understand are you saying this is an uncomfortable situation that we're in you know yeah like and and hearing a young person in a movie talk you can like i I, i'll give you an example this wasn't in a movie but like i was watching some dude reacting to you know songs or something and he kept saying no cap which also came up during the beatles thing and like I had to go look up what that was because I was like, what the yeah. hell is no keeps keeps in no cap. What is that? No cap. Yeah, I yeah. kept trying to figure it out. Yeah. And it was like, no cap means like, you know, like seriously, you know, yeah, something. Yeah. and I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, right. I'm not seeing the connection, but, but, but uh, sure. I get it. And, uh, right. I'm okay with it. So like if a Marvel character end up saying like, yeah, man, like it, it, not even a Marvel character, a character in a Marvel movie has said like, man, Thor's Thor's off the chain. No cap. I'd be like, 
that makes sense. Right. It's yep. 2022. Yep, that's just how people that is. people may might say that. I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird that the turtle in in this movie is like uh, <laughs> keeps getting bleeped because you know she keeps cursing or whatever, and so. <laughs> Um, but but it's like that kind of humor to me. It's like, man, that's just like lowest common denominator humor. And and what what bugs me about this. So we see this a lot in the music industry where it's like, oh, such and such song is popular. So then like three songs come out that are kind of similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, because they're chasing that number one hit. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's what this movie is, is it's chasing the hit that was The Secret Life Secret of Pets. Secret Life of Pets, yeah. Which in itself is probably chasing you know, its own thing and, you know, it's all derivative. But but the point is, this to me is like the lowest common denominator of that. Like someone in some corporate setting said that's popular. So we need to just like go through all of our IPs and find what we can do. Can probably in the WB boardroom, it came down to this mm-hmm. or I don't know, animals from the Harry Potter universe in an animated thing. And JK Rowling probably was like, no. And they're like, all right, well, Superman it is. Man, I saw a thing the other day, some, some, someone on Facebook, some, one of my uh, contacts on Facebook shared. And I just thought there's just the headline. It was like Warner brothers apparently like wants to make more movies, more Harry Potter movies with, mm. you know, with JK Rowling's blessing. Yeah. And I was like, I bet they do. I bet they you know? do. And and the person was like, you know, put a bunch of dollar signs. And I was like, it's not going to happen, though, because yeah. the movies made less and less money as they went on. If you look at what those films made, it was like, whatever, 800 million. The second one made yeah. like 600 million. And then the third one made like 400 million. And yeah. obviously, critically, they got lower and lower. It's like, yeah. yeah, you might make a million, but like those are that's not a positive trend. That doesn't tell that doesn't. That doesn't support the idea that people want more Harry Potter movies. Well, that's, and, and, that's and J.K. Probably, Rowling's gonna say yes because you're offering to pay her something for it. You yeah. know, that's damage control at this point. Like, I feel like what what they're doing is saying, like, yeah, we want to make more Harry Potter movies because what we're doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. So it's damage control. We're gonna go back to the thing we know that works, yeah. which is Harry himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen because th- there's oh, been rumors all like since the Cursed Child came out that they're going to do a Cursed Child film. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. They'll, they'll they certainly won't get the original cast back to do. They'll, they'll they'll never get all those people back to do any more stories. No, like those people all participated because they love the books. Yeah, there's no way you you'd get them to ever return. And no. I don't see David Zaslav, Zaslav, Zaster. I don't see him like agreeing to that. Like yeah. I saw the article and I was a little shocked. So I was like, Mr. Like Mr. Cut costs. Like that's not a, that, that is an expensive yeah. prospect. Yeah, it is. Unless you go purely with like, well, we've got the built in audience. Like, that's a cost saver. But if I'm David Zaslav and I'm, I'm canceling this and that because it's, they're not making money. I'm looking at the Harry Potter IP and just going like, eh, we're going to put this on ice for a bit. I mean, at best. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's a question to be asked, which is, okay, Fantastic Beasts isn't working out because the the it it's its connection to the Harry Potter franchise is tenuous at best. It's like it it's very very minimal. But I don't know, what if we made like a Dumbledore movie, like a movie about Dumbledore? Or what if we made a, you know, a spinoff about Snape? You know, what was he doing after he graduated from Hogwarts and before he started working at Hogwarts? And like, okay, what if we make the, you know, the story about McGonagall? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the the big question. Or or the animated Hedwig movie. Like, that's, that's th- those are the questions that I think are probably going to be asked in the boardroom is like, mm-hmm. okay, Fantastic Beast isn't working. Why? Oh, and someone's yeah. going to say, because it's not Harry Potter enough. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say, oh, well, let's do more like a film yeah. that's more Potter than this. <sighs> and then it, and then that's where we end up. The Voldemort spinoff. And like, that's that's probably what we're going to see next is that before before they put it on ice, they're going to exhaust all options. I just don't see, I mean, like there, there's plenty, I mean, and we, we recently put out an episode, me and Jack were talking about how, like, you know, the, the logic behind the, the, the creative logic behind making Star Wars stories, yeah. like this Andor series and other things. It's like, yeah. it's not, it's not, it makes sense why you could, yeah, it, you know, because there's passion for the story world and there's sure. other than like, you know, the corporate incentives for, for monetizing it. There are people who love Star Wars and who want to tell Star Wars stories and who want to, and who have unique ideas and, and genre spins for how to tell a Star Wars story. So you could do that aside from, you know, the story, you know, fundamental thoughts about whether or not it should be done. It's the same thing with the Matrix. Like you could do, Kellen and I talked about that when we talked about Matrix 4. You could tell more stories in the Matrix. It doesn't really have to involve Neo um, because that's just one, that that story clearly, you know, gets exhausted. Yeah. Harry Potter is not interesting beyond... Voldemort yeah. and like you can't tell me oh there's but there was this other dark wizard who's also very dangerous all the stuff we talked about with with Grindelwald and the Fantastic Beast movies and so you know so then maybe somebody might think well then we just got to do more Voldemort stuff maybe he comes yeah. back it's like no 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 you don't understand yeah. this is done yeah. like the only the only Potter stuff that really ought to exist if it were up to me would be all that interactive shit like Pottermore. Like if people want more Harry Potter, give them some video games, like, you know, make that, but like movies and TV shows, prequels and all these adjacents, that's it. Like it's not interesting and it's certainly not worth, you know, spending money to produce. I think, yeah, I I agree. But, but I also think that, the the studios they you know Warner Brothers they see the big picture of like okay Harry Potter is making us a lot of money on merchandise mm-hmm. right like we sell t-shirt like Gryffindor t-shirts like like hotcakes right mm-hmm. like even still I'm sure you go to Hot Topic and there's like a Harry Potter like section probably mm-hmm. um, so the the question is how do we make sure that our our ip remains relevant so that we get to keep raking in that dough you know for as long as possible mm-hmm. like i saw something recently and it kind of blew my mind that of the top 
franchises of all time uh, in terms of money making. Number one was Star Wars. And I think like number two was Winnie the Pooh. And that blew my mind because huh. they're including merchandising in that Yeet. that thing. And the and every baby ever born has Winnie the Pooh stuff. Yeah. And like there's an so Eeyore on my son's bed right now. We're about to do a Winnie the Pooh first birthday party. So like it, Did me it, sending you that that thing in Instagram kind of put you off that idea <laughs> for a few days. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I kept the, usually I delete those after I send them. Right. I kept sure. that one because right. I, I love it so much. Yes. It's just so <laughs> odd. Um yeah. That's, that's putting um, it mildly. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like, like, so, so I'm sure Warner Brothers is looking at it going, okay, this is still a huge moneymaker, regardless mm-hmm. of yeah. whether Fantastic Beasts is making any money, um, because we're selling merch like nobody's it's business. It's worth us putting out these embarrassing films just to it's, keep- It's worth, okay, <laughs> we'll spend, you know, $200 wow. million dollars to make a movie yeah. that will, will- hardly make a profit Mm -hmm. because what it does is it because we'll see a bump in merchandise sales for the next six months it reminds people what wands are right (laughs) yep that's exactly right and and they're looking at that money too they're looking at at theme park money verticals and and they're going okay we've got to keep this going as long as we can and so it doesn't matter anymore if Fantastic Beast sucks, and it doesn't matter anymore if the Hedwig animated movie doesn't make any sense. Oh. They're just saying, we know that, and I'm I'm really surprised the Hedwig thing hasn't come up. I like that that just came to my mind a minute ago, yeah. and now I'm like, why has that not actually happened? Somebody not because it should, but because <laughs> it would make a ton of money. Somebody somebody at the border must have pointed out like, but we have an animated owl movie for Warner Brothers, and Zack Snyder directed it already. Right. So so we can't do that again. Right. 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 Guys. Who would they get to voice Hedwig? <laughs> it's got to be a Brit. They will. They will respect that. It's like but- J- James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No. Oh, Hedwig's a, no. Hedwig's a female. Isn't Hedwig a she? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Who's the, uh, what's her Phoebe Waller bridge? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't know. It'd be someone, right. It'd be like Emily Blunt or something like somebody very obvious, very, whose name is Bobby Brown. Yeah. That's who it it would be. Whose name alone is extremely marketable. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be Millie Bobby Brown and, uh, and, and Tom Holland will play (laughs) somebody. uh, Uh, Gabber, no, uh, uh, Crookshanks, yeah, Crookshanks. <laughs> whatever, doesn't matter, whatever. Buckbeak, <laughs> Tom Holland is Buckbeak. Uh, oh man, please don't cut my head off. <laughs> oh, no, he, he's, still, he, he's, still he's, he's still British. I'm sorry, he's got to be British. That kid's voice was everywhere for like the last three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, all that all that said, like that that that's the whole like wow business of it that sucks it's just like ugh. you know dustin like inflation's out of control and like a bunch of all these tech companies are laying off thousands of people and gas prices are high and our political discourse is falling apart and 
But everything you just said is the most depressing thing I've heard this week. <laughs> Coming soon. It's like it's, Hedwig's adventure. Yeah, like the idea, like, no, no, they'll keep making, like, it used to just be like, I used to just tell people like a broken record, like, they're going to make something as long as it makes money. Yeah. And it's like, the thing's not making money. It's like, why are they still making it? And you just yeah. told me it is making money in other sectors of the business. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh, for God. Oh, holy shit. Like, yeah, this that, movie's the movie is now a loss leader for the toys and the, the robes. Yeah, that that's that's 100 percent where we are is like oh. the, the, the movies don't really have to make money anymore, because if you've noticed, yeah. there's a big uptick in in merchandise um, like uh uh, uh, licensing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it used to be that you'd go to Old Navy and they just had Old Navy clothes, mm-hmm. but now they have, you know, graphic tees and yeah. you know whatever, and and like that's expanding, and and so you cannot go to a store without seeing licensed merchandise from whatever. <laughs> like go to go to Target, go to the like kids, um, uh, like home section and you've got, you know, your Pokemon pillows, you've got your, uh, 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 super Mario pillows and like all this stuff. And, and what, 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 what's happening it, like Jurassic world's a good example because I, I get, I, I don't know the numbers on this, but I guarantee you the numbers of the movie hardly mattered because sales of dinosaur toys and dinosaur themed bedding and dinosaur the- like that went up and everyone had a, a you know a lamp in their room they, they sold lamps that looked like the amber with the mosquito in it right, i don't know i'm just right. making stuff up now yeah. but like like those are the kind of things that they're now investing in mm-hmm. like when i was a kid you couldn't find just as an example you couldn't find Sonic the Hedgehog merchandise. I had the hardest time finding Sonic stuff. Anytime I found anything that was Sonic the Hedgehog, I had to go get it because it was like, I'm never going to find this again, right? And now the amount of Sonic stuff that's out there is insane. We went to we. I was looking at Old Navy's website the other day because they had a big sale, and we were looking for you know like stuff for for my son. Yeah. And there's like there's like a dozen Sonic things for his age Mm. and that's just his age. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, this is crazy because like Sega realized something and Paramount realized something, which is we can really push this guy into whatever. And so that, that that's where we're at is you're right. The the movies are lost leaders because it gives them a six month bump in merchandise sales and they can push that merch out to Old Navy and Target and Gap and Kohl's and it can be in, you know, Walmart, of course. And and it's in all of these all of these sectors. And that doesn't even include all the specialty stores like Hot Topic, which owns Boxed Lunch and like all of these things, the Disney store itself um, that, you know, Think Geek or whatever that is now, uh, like all of those stores, the Funko Pops, like all of that. All of that licensing all wow. plays a role in it. Oh boy. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it's it's depressing. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've talked all the time and we have for years about how like all of this stuff is especially with streaming and everything kind of getting gobbled up by everything else is like everything's becoming a product and yeah, you know, I was I was sad enough just with the movies themselves being treated 
as like mass appeal products. And, and now it's like, that's the reason it makes it easier to sell other things to people. Right. Wow. Which I mean, look, this isn't a new phenomenon, right? Transformers existed oh, as yeah. a show to sell toys. Mm-hmm. GI Joe was much the same way. The show yeah. only existed because it could sell toys. So it's not necessarily a new phenomenon, but it, it has been ramped up. It feels like, yeah. and, and the reason is because it feels like the quality of these things is slipping. And so if you compare something like GI Joe or Transformers, like the original series, obviously they still have their fans, but it's not like super groundbreaking animation or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it still had a semblance of like a good story that was being told. And then you have something like Crypto, the League of Super Pets or whatever, where you're looking at it going, it doesn't have a great story. Again, if I'm an eight-year-old boy, I'm not going to be super riveted by this to the point where like I'm pretending to be Crypto the next day on the playground with my friends. Right. Right. And like, so if if that's the case, why when the kids in the eighties were all pretending to be Starscream. Why? Because that was telling something that, that resonated and this isn't really resonating. It's just, it exists so that, you know, Tommy can buy his crypto bed sheets and you can buy the Cape for your dog, <laughs> Tommy. which I'm sure exists. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure if you go to PetSmart right now, there's DC league of super pets stuff for your animals. If there's not, then I should be on the marketing team because I'm between that and the Jurassic Park Amber lamp. I'm well on fire tonight. You, you should. You should. I, as soon as you said the Amber lamp, I was like, you know what I would do if I were like Mastercard? I would issue like some. I'd issue some Amber, like some some Amber cards with like a mosquito in the middle of it. You know. There you go. Like you got like the magnetic strip, you got the chip and there everything, the numbers, but the rest of it's like a transparent, Trans- translucent. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know. Good idea. You know, you do that. You go back to that old campaign, like, yeah. you know, archaeology camp, you know, $16,000 and, yeah, right. you know, drills, yeah. <laughs> $22 million, <laughs> personnel, $67 million, discovering, uh, discovering dino, dino DNA, and bringing priceless. dinosaurs back to life, <laughs> priceless. <laughs> there's some things money can't buy, but for those who spare no expense, ah, there's MasterCard. There's MasterCard. Oh. Come see Jurassic World 7 in theaters. Oh, Lord. <laughs> there you no, go. Dominion, or was it Dominion? What was the last one? Dominion? <laughs> It came out like a month ago and I've already forgotten. It's, yeah, it's, Dominion. It's Fallen Kingdom was the second one and Dominion was the third one. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. anyway. Yeah, Dominion, the epic final chapter until the next chapter two years from now. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to end on that note or do you want me well, to? Welcome to the depressing cast where we talk about how, <laughs> how movies have been relegated to content. Oh my God. <laughs> it really did take a turn. No, give me, give me another. Give me. A, let's talk about another another movie. All right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let's I'll, talk about um, Werewolf by Night. Okay, let's talk about this real quick because I talked about this a little bit with Michael Grayson, and oh, I, don't okay, ha- okay. I don't have I don't have too many thoughts on it. Okay, um, but I also didn't get into it very deeply with him before sure. we moved on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, you looked like you. Where'd you give this? You gave it a three. 
They, three and a half, I thought. I gave it a three and a half. It looks like you. Okay, oh, I gave yeah, it a three. You have I a three. You have a three. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you though. Like it's, it's quick. So it's like, there's nothing, there's no deep characterization happening with it. Like yeah. it's a, it's a very quick thing. Like, Hey, this person's dead. We're all here. We're going to find the bloodstone or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, yeah. and there's this the kidney thing, stone. there's this thing, <laughs> there's this, there's this, um, thing in the, in the, uh, the, the maze or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, good luck. And yep. then, you know, oh, hey, want to use a werewolf? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or right, which you knew because you're watching because the title's Werewolf by the Night, ti- right? So, but uh, you know, we, like you said, a lot of the creative choices are 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 good. I I I thought for someone, and it's not like this is the very first thing Michael Giacchino has probably ever directed, but like for the first major prod, like it's not like he's like. I'm going to be a director. I'm just going to try it on this. Like he, yeah. he clearly proved a concept to, to Kevin Feige or somebody yeah. at Marvel. Yeah. So it's not like we should be surprised that Michael Giacchino can direct because right. somebody hired him to direct something. Right. But right. It, what's cool is that we didn't know he could direct. Right. And then we watch him and go, Oh, oh wow. this person should direct more things. Yeah. Right. You know, like yeah. he, he might be the next, it's not a direct comparison, but like Ron Howard, like yeah. Ron Howard was just a, a, an actor, yep. you know, uh, and then suddenly and Clint yeah. Eastwood, just an yep. actor. And then it's yep. like, Hey, you remember Ben Affleck, just an actor, but it's like, what if Michael Giacchino, it's like, you know, we'll be telling our kids like, yeah, I remember when that guy used to like, just write just a compose, movie score. Right? He's yeah, just a composer. Right. Yeah. And our kids will be like, what? Yeah. The director. Right. You know, but no, seriously, he, he he was a composer for like 25 years. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then he just decided he was just going to direct things. And he was good at it. And he was good at it. Yeah I, yeah, I liked this. I thought it was cool. I mean, it was nothing, it wasn't like mind blowing or anything, but like yeah. considering it was like a, what, like a 10 or 12 day shoot, something quick. Yeah. And, yep. and uh, it's just a, just real, it's just real solid. And uh, I, I would like to see him do more things uh, yeah. for Marvel if he chooses to. Yeah. You know, it's weird. So I, I, I love this area of like DC and Marvel mm-hmm. is like the, the more arcane, you know, magical, whatever kind of stuff. Um, and so, so I really enjoyed seeing this part of it. It is a little bit weird tonally to, to feel like this exists in the same world as Iron Man, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, what helped it and hurt it was the transition to color at the end. Right. It was like, okay, so it's in color at the end. So you're like, okay, so now I can maybe kind of buy it a little bit more. Like it's all, it felt like it happened decades ago, but maybe it's modern. Um, I can't quite tell what year this is. Um, right. Like, is this post? Thanos is this, right. you know, 1938. Like I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, but at the same time, did they, did they ever say, I don't believe they ever say. Okay. So, so theoretically this werewolf could be in the next Avengers movie, uh, versus, <laughs> right. versus Kang. I mean, it, whatever, yeah. but, um, but, um, but it, that color kind of also hurt it because it kind of takes you out of like this, uh, it's just a weird, like at the end, everything becomes color and it's like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Like I didn't, ex- I didn't expect it. And it's kind of a strange thing, but that's the only choice that 
I was of two minds about everything else I thought was fine. Like I, I loved the use of, uh, of black and white and like those, like the older type of filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, that it's clearly an homage to, you know, those like universal horror movies, um, that, that, that still are, are, are resonating today. And so it, it, it's, yeah, I, I enjoyed that part of it. And also I, I like man thing, um, which DC has swamp thing and Marvel has man thing. And they're, they're basically the same character. Um, not really. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've definitely differentiated them over the years, but, uh, but I like that character and um, I thought it was cool The you know, that again, that guy can kind of coexist with Tony Stark is strange and weird, but yeah, cool. Um, anyway, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but I, I, I enjoyed it and whether or not it ever becomes anything other than like, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll do another Halloween special in a few years sure. or maybe they'll cross over into the Avengers, maybe whatever. Like no matter what happens, like this is kind of a cool one off little thing. I like that. They're just sort of trying stuff, um, you know, and. You know, it probably pleases the suits that, uh, you know, Bob paycheck up there, like, you know, to say like, hey, we're going to we're making content for Disney Plus, like we're driving usage, like we're. Yeah. And serving their own purposes, like, let's see what kind of traction Werewolf by Night gets, you know, yeah. it's the perfect thing to give to Michael to direct, you know, and, yep. you know, see, you know, we like his it's take on it. It's an experiment, yep. but it's also like, like anything else, I'm sure they told all these people, like, listen, this could become something. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you they didn't sign Gail Garcia Bernal to nine films and be like, hey, right. you know, get ready for Werewolf by Night to be in you know, secret wars. Yeah. Right. But they probably told him like, listen, like if this blows up, would you be interested in doing more of this? You know? And he probably said, sure. Because like we said, that's the answer. Like, absolutely. You know, the best place for it would be like Dr. Strange's corner of, of the MCU or, uh, or blade when that comes around. If, (laughs) if that comes around. Yeah. Well, like, as far as like it integrating, like I had that same fear with, with the first Avengers movie. I was like, how are they going to make Thor make sense? And now it's like, you know, and I was talking to Jack about this because we were talking about the, you know, daredevil, how, you know, Jen Walters and daredevil show and yeah, uh, you know, all this other stuff, like how, you know, how can you make all this stuff fit? And it's the, it's the, it's the same way it always has, like the same way they have in the comics, like, you know, you compartmentalize yeah. the solo stories you know, you allow those to be more stylized toward their whatever genre they are. Yep. And then when you combine them, like, you know, you have the less serious characters cracking jokes at the more serious characters because yep. because now we're in like the real world. And like, yes, yep. Blade, yep. you dress kind of ridiculous. You look yeah. stupid, you know, right. like right. I, I remember I remember and it wasn't even the best example, but like I remember one of the promos for the Defenders for the you know the, the then netflix marvel shows mm-hmm. and there was something where they had they had all four of them they were walking down some hallway <clears throat> it was like the first time they had obviously fought together it was luke cage and iron fist and um jessica jones so like you know matt murdoch walks out and he's tied like the little the little like shirt or whatever over his head you know mm-hmm. 
And uh, she just sort of turns and looks at him and she goes, you look like an idiot. Like just real quick. <laughs> I remember thinking like, it was funny because I was like, that's her character. And that's something her character would say to Daredevil. Like look over and be yeah. like, are you fucking serious, dude? Like, right, like, right, right, right. And it, 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 it completely works. Like it doesn't yeah. undercut like, you know, the gravitas yeah. of, of, of Matt's uh, character or anything. Right. You know, right. no more than having him be fairly comedic and not even comedic, but like light in yeah. She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, like that's Matt Murdock is a multifaceted human. These characters are all multifaceted. Like I yeah, would, yeah. I would think that all the characters in this show, if they ended up in some Avengers movie or some other movie, like they'd retain like their core characteristics. But like, yeah, if you're going to be in a room with like, a completely like with like Howard the duck, like you got to, the, the acting, the cue would be to be honest. Like you're talking to a duck. Yeah. Like that's weird. Right. Yeah. But like, is it going to, are you going to like scream? Like, Oh, you're a duck. Right. Or are you just going to be like, uh, are you just going to talk to it? Like you would any like slightly off putting stranger. Right. (laughs) Right. For God's sake, you know, a werewolf, this is a talking duck. Right. I don't know. It's to me, it's like. I, I was thinking a cool interaction between characters would be uh, this this werewolf character with uh, the Hulk. They're they're both they're both, you know, this thing comes out of them, mm-hmm. changes them into something they don't want to be. And Bruce is beyond that. And uh, I think that'd be a cool interaction. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's endless potential for all of these things. Sure. And- Sure. Their job of obviously is just going to be like, how do we not, you know, blow out its novelty or its appeal too fast? Yeah. Like, how do we, how do we have satisfying interactions with these characters, but not like churn through everything that's going to be valuable super quick? You know, that was one of the great things about, you know, the Infinity Saga and Cap and Stark. It was like, not only are just the initial scenes with these characters in the first Avengers film. Great. Like the, the values of these characters and the trajectories, of these characters, like it makes every single scene they're in together ripe for interesting exchange and interesting conflict because of who they are with yeah. each other, you know, and what yeah. they, what they, the, the influence they accept from each other. Yeah. You know? So like if the characters are, if the character is only gonna be good for a couple of jokes, it kind of is obvious yeah. after a few scenes, but yeah. like the characters who are clearly like paired up to have an influence on each other. Yep. And because they have chemistry, that's always palpable, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. So I'm, that's what's, uh, that's what's great about all this is, is, uh, the, the potential for it to just be continue to be a fun thing, um, yeah. to kind of, track is good yep. you know yeah and and like i said i i think maybe the best way forward for this is just every so often do a halloween special mm-hmm. that continues this story as its own thing um mm-hmm. if if one day down the road there's an easter egg with you know one of these characters popping up somewhere else maybe fine yeah. but but the best course is probably just to keep it on its own um just to retain the style um, if nothing else, because that, that to me was the big selling point for the film, for this, you know, short, whatever it is, um, that it's, it, it was, it was stylistic in a way that is unique to the yeah. MCU. Yeah. 
But it's delicious. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, do you want to leave it there? We can leave it there. I'd yeah. rather end it on like a that's cool. Yeah. No, than like everything's awful. Everything's terrible. <laughs> everything's terrible now. There's a way, there's a way to make just pure content that sells t-shirts and toys. And there's yeah. a way to make content that that makes other things possible down the road. You know, yeah, right. you can serve the corporate master and tell good stories. You can do both. Yep. Yep. Just, you know, there has to be trust. There has to be trust in the creative people. And there has to be trust that like, there will be an audience there for something that seems interesting. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marvel seems to know their audience really well. I mean, there's yeah. some missteps like the Thor love and thunder. It's like, Okay, you know, but that was more just, I just sort of felt insulted. Like, I felt like my intelligence was being insulted yeah, watching yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I was still entertained and it's not like it was not for me. Right. But like, just everything, uh, not to open the can of worms about the MCU right now, but like, one of Phase Four's problems to me, one of them is is just that the Infinity Saga felt, I felt like it grew with me. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt challenged, you know, each time I would see something, I, I, I felt, I felt like I was being brought through experiences that, that were valuable to see on screen mm-hmm. themes and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, you know, most of phase four has just been, has been unchallenging story-wise yeah. aside yeah. from select projects, you know? Yeah. Right. It's just sort of been entertaining and new, but not like everlasting and like yeah oh oh cool that made me think like yeah falcon Winter soldier was a generic show but i did yeah. appreciate the story conflict of that that yeah. that's felt relevant to yeah. me yeah i liked yeah. moon knight i liked moon knight's like i liked the the i liked the twist the story took and yeah. the way they chose to tell the story towards the end of it mm-hmm. even if that show was also fairly generic in its execution yeah. You know, there's still choices that are made that are interesting. Yeah. And sometimes they're just not, you know. Right. Well, yeah. And I, I would always argue if we're talking about, you know, putting out quality content that 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 quality content. So if if putting out just junk gives you a six month merchandise bump, putting out good quality content gives you a five year yeah. merchandise bump. Yeah. Right. And I mean, potentially it it gives you a much longer uh, merchandise bump. Like you look at something like, I believe this is the case. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, uh, Star Wars episode seven, whatever it was called. um, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, I think (laughs) is still the highest grossing of of the new trilogy. I believe it is. Yeah. Um, and, And I believe that that would not be the case. It would be the least had they put out quality content as the series progressed. Um, if, right. if, the, if, if it was quality content, then they'd be making more and more money just like get, the Marvel get, films did. Right. D- yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure star Wars sold a butt ton of merchandise. Yes. <laughs> but I bet it would have been more merchandise had the quality of the content been, you know, better than what it was. Right. Because as it is, you've got like your hardcore fans that bought your, your Ray and Finn and Poe action figures, but (laughs) yeah, nobody else really did. Right. So 
you probably still have people out there looking like, oh, I want to buy a Luke Skywalker figure, but Mm -hmm. probably no one's going, I really need that Poe figure. Um, So all that to say, had those characters been good characters that stood the test of time the way that Luke Hanalea did, Mm -hmm. the merchandise bump would have been up. So really the... The strategy should be, let's put out the best quality content possible so that we get the longest lasting bump in merchandise sales. But instead, they're saying it really doesn't matter because we're going to get the bump anyway. Mm -hmm. And if we can just put out a lot of content, then it doesn't matter if it's any good because every six months we'll put out more content and the six month bump is everlasting because our content is coming out every six months. Right. Right. So, so it's like this weird game of diminishing returns. The it, It's like the studios are quiet quitting. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. There's no emphasis on quality. It's like, no, we're just like, I appreciate their efficiency. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But the problem is the product is bad. Right. So it's yeah, not yeah. efficient if your work sucks. It's just your right. work sucking. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. almost like this is an awful example. It's almost like the McRib. The McRib <laughs> comes around every so often yeah. and a bunch of people turn out to get the McRib. Mm-hmm. But if the McRib were actually good, a lot more people it, would turn out to get the McRib. It would just stay on the menu. Right. Or it would just stay on the menu. But they know like, oh, well, we can get a little bump when we put the rib out. It doesn't matter that it's garbage food. And to that point, I believe they're about to bring it out for the final time in the U.S. Or so they say. Yes. (laughs) That's true. That's right. right. Yeah. It's the old marketing technique. I mean, that that, the Taco Bell nacho fries, they come out, you know, twice a year. The going out of business sale. Yeah. The going out of it. It's it's uh, the Disney vault. There's a so we'll bring it all the way back around to the D.C. League of Super Pets and Dwayne Johnson (laughs) Uh, that there there's a post credit scene uh, on Super Pets where. Black Adam shows up, also voiced by Dwayne Johnson. Does he really? And yeah, and he's like, "Hello, Superman." And Superman's like, "Hello, Black Adam." And then Black Adam has a dog that's like an Anubis type dog, and <laughs> and that dog is also voiced by Dwayne Johnson. Seriously? And, and so it's a scene with three Dwayne three? Johnsons and John Krasinski. <laughs> three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. So. Anyway, three rocks in a gym. That, that's, that's what that scene was. Three rocks in a jimmy. Three rocks in a gym. <laughs> four four Johns. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway. I need the rock to stop making so many things. I I love The Rock and and Kevin Hart. I just want them to do like a show together. Yeah. That is just on in perpetuity, like a late night show or something that they're just on <laughs> like forever. A, a variety show. Just a variety show. Yeah. It's just a sketch yeah. show. It doesn't even have to be. A, you know what? It could just be them talking. I'm fine yeah. with that. Just going about their lives. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. This movie ain't it. The press junket was more more entertaining than the movie. Yeah, but. for 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 DC League of Super Pets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. All right. Well, that's gonna be it. That's it. Get out of here. Get out of here.